Good morning, folks. Good morning, Pastor. Good to see you. Yes, Amen. We serve a good God, don't we? Yes, Amen. Let's not limit God. That's right. Let's not limit God. That's right. Amen. Tell someone next to you, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. We're men, we're limited, and we're frail, but God is not. God is God. Amen. We're limited. We're frail. We are. We, we, we wax weak, but oh God, never grows weary, does he? His arm is mighty, Savior. We want to fix our faith on him. I want to spend our time looking at this, this wonderful Psalm 121. It's a traveler's psalm for a pilgrim's journey. That's good because we are pilgrims traveling this road of faith. Headed to a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen? So let's begin, if you would, Psalm 121. Let's begin with verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Amen. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Father, bless your word to our hearts. Help us really to receive and embrace all the wonderful truths and encouragement in this little psalm. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Now, the goal is real simple. We want to receive encouragement from this psalm for our journey of faith. This psalm is what we can call real spiritual comfort food. We like comfort food, don't we? Amen? I like comfort food. I know most of you like that. And this is spiritual comfort food. Amen? This psalm is just a precious psalm. Just eight verses. But, oh, the comfort and the encouragement. And the strength we receive. Now we want to apply these truths. These wonderful truths to our walk of faith. I want you to make this psalm personal. I want you to put your name in it. Wrap your arms of faith around it. Because you know what? This psalm was written to you. So go ahead and put in your name. Mary, Larry, Donna, Andrea, Keith. Put your name in there. Amen. Now don't take it out of that group setting. And make it very personal. Because the Holy Spirit wants you to receive the comfort and the encouragement that this psalm has for you. Now this is um, what we call a psalm of ascent, going up, ascending, ascending. As those pilgrims and the uh, travelers would ascend to the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, for one of their annual festivals, the devout Jews were, uh, would most likely sing this psalm as they made their way from the uh, made their way to the highlands up in Judah where Jerusalem is. And they'd be going to one of their annual feasts as we marching up and travailing up. And now in those days, you know, there was no real roads. There was certainly no electricity or anything like that. There was only well-trodden paths. And they'd go through the valleys. They'd have to cross the streams and the rivers, the mountain passes. Muscles are getting a bit weary. The feet are sore. But seeing that city in a distance, they break out into song. Sometimes by faith we can catch a glimpse of that city whose builder and maker is God. Sometimes 
when he allows us, he got to pull back the veil just a bit, and God keeps us going, and keeps us singing, and keeps us marching. Can you say amen? amen? And for you and I, these traveler songs, these traveler songs, they become metaphors for our spiritual journey of faith as we walk with God. The road we travel is taking us from the lowlands of our present circumstances to the higher place that God has called us to. We are pilgrims and strangers in a foreign land. That's what the Bible says about us. And the road that we follow, this road of faith, has its share of challenges and hazards. And at times it seems long and lonely. At times it's weary and dangerous. But the road that you and I travel, I'm talking that narrow road. That road that follows hard after Jesus. That road that follows and builds upon the unshakable word of God. But this road will ultimately lead, ultimately lead you and I into the glory of God, into the kingdom of God, into the city of our God. This is where we're headed towards, the reward of the righteous. We're fighting the good fight of faith, and we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, and we're dealing with whatever we need to deal with, but oh, our eyes are fixed, and our faith is secure. We're going forward until we see him face to face, and hear those wonderful words, well done, in thy good, in thy faithful servant. Amen. This is a traveler song. It's the walk of faith. We're walking with God. We're walking through some foreign territory. We're walking through some things that would challenge us and try to deter us and try to shrink us back. But uh-uh-uh. We are standing firm in our faith and we're following hard after God as we used to sing in those old baptism songs. That world's behind me, the cross is before me, and there's no turning back. Yes, amen. This song, as we just walk through it, we can receive strength for our journey. Again, the Old Testament church, those old Hebrews would walk from all over the kingdom, walking to the city of Jerusalem to worship God and to celebrate one of their annual feasts. And along the way, they'd have to go over and go through. And it was hard and at times weary. But oh, they'd see that city above and they'd keep marching and keep shouting and keep believing. Let's look at this together. Verses 1 and 2, the psalm writer is looking to the hills. He's looking to the future. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Mm. He's looking to the hills and most likely as they're walking and there's some anxiety for you know in the ancient times the mountains were a place or a site of danger and hardship. The, the rocks and the caves hid wild animals. Um, there were many twists and turns that made travelers easy prey to the robbers and the bandits who would use the mountains to hide out. And you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, well, the victim, right? He was coming down through that, and that's where he got jumped, and that's where he got attacked. Well, along with the anxiety, there's certainly some great anticipation. That's kind of how the fight of faith is. There's a bit of anxiety, but there's much more anticipation because the hills and the challenging path that they're taking ultimately are leading them to the city of God. Friend, it will be worth amen. it all when amen. we see Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Anxiety and anticipation filled their thoughts, and a question enters the mind. He looks in the hills and then he looks within. Where does my help come from? Am I adequate? 
Am I sufficient for the task and the challenge that lies ahead? He feels a bit of hesitancy. The, the concern that many of us feel before we sit out on a, a long journey or a new season or a fresh challenge. When we're facing the unknown, it could be a new job. It could be a new relationship. It could be moving to a new place. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be leaving the familiar. It could be the, the, the change in family or finances. And we ask sometimes ourselves, who will take care of the if? What will happen if? What if this doesn't work out? Or what we expect? What, what, what? And traveling and advancing through life, walking forward, facing the future as we walk with God, does have a measure of insecurity in the natural because it takes us out of our comfort zones. It causes us to leave some things that we were leaning on and step out trusting really nobody but the Lord because only the Lord knows the future. It's like the, the Bible says, God speaks to the Old Testament people because you've never been this way before. And when we face a new challenge, when we enter into a new season, at times it can uh, wreck a heightened sense of anxiety in our lives. And so here we see the writer in verse 1. He's asking himself a question. He's um, We call this an internal monologue, okay? He said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where's my help coming from? This is what writers call an eternal monologue. It's what you and I call talking to ourselves. He's talking to himself. He's in, you know, we all talk to ourselves. And the traveler is talking to himself, and he does. He feels a little anxious about what might lie ahead, about getting into that high hill country where the danger is, trying to get to his destination. But in order to get to that destination, He's got to go through some things that will challenge his faith. Naturally, he thinks, who will help me? Who will care for me? Who will protect me? Verse 1. Then verse 2, he answers himself. And you know, friends, sometimes it's good to talk to yourself as long as you talk faith. Amen? It's all right at times to talk to yourself. You've got to encourage yourself sometimes. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of God's goodness and remind yourself of God's promises and remind yourself of God's past performances. He's done it then and he'll do it today. Can you say amen? And sometimes it's good to encourage ourselves. And this is what he's doing. He answers himself and he gives you and I the foundation of this song. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's as if he's saying, you know what? I've looked up and I've realized if I'm going to reach the goal, if I'm going to be an overcomer, if I'm going to be more than a conqueror, I've got to look beyond the hills. I've got to look beyond the giants. I've got to look beyond the barriers and the challenges and the naysayers and the things that are trying to turn me back and break me down. And instead, I've got to look to the yeah. Lord. He is the source of my help. He is the strength of my faith. He is the one that holds me and keeps me and says the work I began in you, I'm going to complete that good work. He comes to himself and he realizes, you know what, if I'm going to get there, if I'm going to live in the victory, I've got to look beyond these things that men look to. I've got to go beyond the things that try to shrink me back. And I've got to recognize my help comes from the one and only living God, the great God, the faithful God. And in him, I will trust. Amen. My help comes from the Lord. He stirs within in verse 1. 
He's talking to himself. He's a little anxious. He, he wants to go forward, yet he's looking at the challenges that will try to hinder him and discourage him and defeat him. But then in verse 2, he finally starts talking some real faith to himself. And he says, you know what? I'm going to look beyond the hills and I'm going to look to the creator of the hills. I'm going to look beyond the, the valleys and I'm going to look to the one that rules over the valleys as well as on the mountaintops. It's a lesson for the traveler. You see, the fact is this. We need help in this journey of faith. We need help. We're not able to do it ourselves. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. We need God's grace. We need God's assistance. We need God's guidance. We need help in this fight of faith in God. Our Heavenly Father, God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, He makes His help available to you and I. He makes His help. The God that made the hills is the God that gives you and I our help. And what a help it is. It's a powerful help. It's a compassionate help. It's a consistent help. It's a faithful help. It's an efficient help. It's a help. He's called a very present help in time of trouble. And the God that created all things has all things at His disposal to help His people, to guard His people, to guide His people, and to bring us safely through. Can you say amen? We're walking forward. I hope you're walking forward. Amen. That's the only way a Christian goes is forward. Amen. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Can you say amen? amen. But we're not going backward. We're headed forward. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're taking on giants. We're crossing those rivers. We're climbing the mountains. We're going forward. And sometimes a new challenge that stretches us, a new challenge that's costing us something, a new challenge where God requires of us, we lay down something of the old life and something of the old heart. We lay it aside so we can go forward into a new place and into a new victory. Listen, friend, if you want God's best, you might have to let go of something else. If you want to go forward, you might have to lay aside something that tells you back to something that you got overly familiar and comfortable with. Lay it down and go forward in the Lord. So here he is, the psalm writer. He's looking forward. He's looking within. And finally he realizes, you know what? If I'm going to be more than a conqueror, I've got to look beyond the hills and the giants and the excuses and the naysayers. And I've got to look to the Lord. And I've got to cast my burden on him and put my trust in him. Amen. He comforts himself in verse 2 with the thought that the Lord, the true and living God, has committed and covenanted himself to provide help for his own. Oh, God's made his covenant. God's given his word to bring us through. Jesus said, I am building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you're a believer, that means you're part of that church. You're part of what he's building. You're part of what he's devoted to. So fear not. That's right. He won't leave you behind. He'll bring you through. The Bible tells us he knows those that are his. He knows the way that we take. He knows what we have need of. He knows the dangers that we face. In fact, he even knows every insecurity we battle. He knows it all. So let's look to him. And let's trust in him. For God will never fail. Steve Spurgeon, one of my favorites, an old Baptist preacher from the 1800s in London, he writes, look to the strong for strength. Help comes to the believer from above. 
To look elsewhere is in vain. Satan endeavors to keep our eyes upon obstacles and sorrows, uncertainties, and the things we've left behind. But let us lift our eyes of faith upon Jesus, for he is the author and praise God. He is the finisher of our faith. He is the one that said, I am that what I am. Interpreted, I will be whatever I need to be to bring my people through. Wherever you're at in this journey of faith, you might be very close to the finish line. Or maybe, relatively speaking, you're just getting started in this great race of faith. But the Lord wants you to know his name is I am that which I am. He says, I'll be for you whatever I need to be to bring you through and to give you the victory. If you need comfort this morning, Jesus says, I am that, your helper and your God. Do you need some comfort? Do you need some power? Do you need provision? Do you need some peace? Whatever thou hast need of, our God hath provided the I am that I am. Says, look to me, trust in me, and march on, march on. Tell your neighbor, march on. We're not turning back. There's no turning back. We're not turning back. We're going forward to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, the devil is alive. Amen. Jesus, I put that hand to the plow looking back not just for this kingdom. So we're fit by the grace of God. I'm going forward in Him. Oh, wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. He is the source of the believer's strength. He is the compass for the believer's life. He is the certainty of our convictions and he is our very present help in time of trouble. He started you and I on this journey and he's promised to keep us strong to the very end to him and to him alone we shall look. Verses 1 and 2, while you and I are on this journey, child of God, while you're on your way to that next place in God, ultimately ending before the throne of God's grace. You and I are climbing and we're crossing and we're traversing and we're enduring this world's dangers and setbacks and toils and snares. We're going through seasons of life. We're going through stages of growth. So let us take a tip from this fellow traveler. Let us fix our eyes upon the Lord where he will not fail us. Let us fix our eyes with hope and with confidence and expectation upon the true and living God that has promised to keep us and promised to help us and promised to order our steps and hold us in the palm of His very hand. Let us lift up our eyes, not to the hills of nature, but to the hills of God's good promises, of God's faithfulness in our lives, of God's ability to bring us through. Let us lift up our eyes to the things of God that remind us of His goodness, that remind us of His faithfulness. Let us reach back with the memory of faith and grab hold of those wonderful blessings of yesterday so we might pull into today a new strength to fight this fight and to go forward in a new day with God. These are the hills, not the hills of nature, but the hills of God's promises. Let them stir our faith. 
the hills of God's um, divine attributes, remembering who is this God that walks with you? Who is this God that watches over you? He's the almighty God. He's the unchanging God. He's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's an all-knowing God. Let us lift our eyes. And remember the faithfulness of God for the one that brought us through yesterday has promised to bring us through the battle of today. Somebody you need to know that God will do it again. God will do it again. Oh, I know we haven't come this far without some testimonies to tell. We haven't come this far without some victories we can talk about. And the God that brought you through yesterday is the God that is alive and well today. And he said, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. You might have changed, but I, the Lord, changeth not. You might have grown weary, but I, the Lord, I don't get weary. And what I did for you before, I'm ready to do again. So trust me and believe me. Walk on. The writer is looking to the hills. He's looking to the future like all of us do. We wake up in the morning can't go backwards. All we can do backwards is reach back with faith to the good memories and lessons. We've got to live today. He's looking back. He looks to the future. He's got to walk forward. Great blessing ahead. Amen. But there's some battles to get there. Ultimately, it leads you and I to love the Lord. It leads to the presence of God. But in order to get there, there's that roaring lion we got to deal with. There's that world that tries to defile and deceive us and discourage us. We got to deal with some things, you see. But we can't allow it to let us off our mark. We can't allow it to cause us to give in. And... That's true. So he looks to the hills and he finds courage and strength and comfort as he looks to the Lord. And he reminds himself, and let us be reminded today, if we're going to be more than conquerors, if we're going to live a victorious Christian life, we cannot keep our focus and our eyes and our confession and our vision upon the hills and the giants and the circumstances and the problems. But we must fix them upon the Lord, his good promises, his great attributes, his faithfulness and goodness in our lives. Number one, the writer looks to the hills. Number two, verses three and four, it speaks about the firm footing that God gives to those that walk with him. Firm footing is given to the one that will walk with God and trust in God and build their house upon the word of God. To the one that will continue to walk with God and be consistent in that walk. Spiritually, morally, emotionally, a firm footing. A good solid stance. If you don't think about athletics, man, your, your, your foundation is so important. If you don't have a good foundation, whether it's wrestling or football, even basketball, you can get pushed off the mark. You can get beat. You can get caught off balance. And look at what the Bible says here, verse 3. He will not let your foot slip. This is a metaphor. Firm footing means you're a solid individual. You're a stable individual. Your faith is secure, not wishy-washy. Your commitment to God is stable, not wishy-washy. Your faith in the Lord is solid. You can stand. You have a good stand. You can withstand the waves that will try to hit you. You can withstand. You're not getting caught off balance. You're not getting you run backwards and put off your mark. The Bible says he will not let your foot slip. The one that watches over your life, he doesn't slumber. 
Isn't that good news? Hey, get a good night's sleep tonight. The Lord say it up. Amen. Amen. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber or sleep. So secondly, firm footing for a slippery march. Firm footing. Don't have to backslide every other moment. That's true. Don't have to live one step forward, two steps backwards. You can have some firm footing. Amen. Firm footing. That means when the enemy hits you, you can't move you. That's right. That means when it's, you got mobility That's right. and stability That's right. and strength when you walk with yes. God. Yes. Man, when you build your house on the Word of God, yes. it brings a firm foundation to that life. Yes. Oh, yes. hallelujah. Yes, the writer is developing the context of the psalm and of the help of the Lord. He switches now from I to you. Now he's talking to us. He's putting it in our lap. You know, the paths of life can be dangerous and difficult. Yet we shall stand firm because our lives and our faith rest in Jesus Christ. Rest in the word of God that changes not. It gives us a firm and strong foundation. And the enemy tries to sometimes push us off our mark. Sometimes to move us from our secure position. Sometimes to turn us back. Keep us from our advancement. But the Lord says, if you'll walk with me, I won't let your foot slide. If you'll live according to my word, you'll stay tight and abide in the vine. I'll make sure you've got firm footing. You won't be slipping and sliding. You won't be falling down every time that the adversity hits you. But you're going to be a strong, stable individual that can handle what life throws your ways and keep on marching. You can handle what health throws against you and keep on advancing. You can handle the heartache and you can handle the discouragement that life touches every life with. But you can keep on going forward, keeping yes. your joy, keeping your victory, and being that more than a conqueror. He won't let us slide. He will keep our feet from slipping as well as our hearts from melting. There is no retreat for the child of God. That's true. You know, there's some slippery, rocky paths on this journey. There's some seasons in life that are more challenging than others. There's some seasons in life where, naturally speaking, we're more vulnerable than others. Unexpected things. There's detours. There's wrong turns that we all take and have to regroup from. Amen? No, don't, don't, don't lose it. If you make a wrong turn, that means you're part of the human race. Just, just get back on track. Get back on track. Come on, say amen. Amen. Because if you've never taken a wrong turn, you're lying. Don't lie in church. Amen? We've all taken a wrong turn. A couple of them. Amen? You know, what do you do? You first, you stop digging, right? What do you do when you're in a hole? You stop digging. That's right. You find yourself in a hole of a mess, stop digging. That's true. Restore. Repent. Get back on track. Amen. Amen. These things come against us. These things we all experience. But the Lord will keep our foundation firm. I love this. Firm footing. He says, I won't let your foot slip. What a wonderful promise. He didn't say hell won't fill the kitchen sink against us. He just said, I'll give you such a foundation in your life that you can take whatever life throws against you and you're going to stand. When the smoke clears, you're going to stand because you're standing with the Lord. And you're going to keep marching. And there's nothing that this world can throw against you that will turn you back. You're going to continue on in this walk of faith. A firm footing, solid, steady, secure faith, not easily pushed around or moved off its mark. In fact, the Christian that will really walk with God That'll seek first the kingdom of God. That'll love the Lord with all their heart and all their might. Then that person gets a divine stability. That person gets a, a security, an inner certainty in their heart. 
For they stand in God's strength and they stand on God's word. And our steps, friend, as you walk with God, our steps are not accidental. Our steps are not haphazard. We don't do things by chance. Our life is not hit or miss. We walk according to his divine plan. We walk according to his chosen path. We walk according to his good and precious promises. And though this world will try to move us and deter us, etc., God gives firm footing to his faithful ones. We choose to stand and not be turned back. We choose to stand and not give in to the ways of the world that would try to crush our faith and shake us of our hope. We choose to fix our eyes on the Lord and go forward in God, trusting God, believing God, and enjoying the blessing of those that walk with God. Can you say amen? The currents of this culture we we'll often try to knock us off that righteous path, but we stand firm because God is able to keep us yes, firm. Yes. The adversary might attack us, trying to turn us back from this march of faith, but nothing doing. We've made up our mind. We love the Lord. We serve the Lord, and we'll never turn back from Jesus. Sometimes crisis strikes, even the righteous, unexpected heartaches that attempt to crush our spirit. But even then, God gives us a firm footing that we don't collapse under that weight because His grace is sufficient for every challenge that we face. He said, I won't let your foot slip. God said, if you walk with me, then no matter what life throws your way, you'll stand strong and you'll stand firm. You'll have a steady, stable foundation in your life that can withstand when the enemy hits and continue on when the smoke is clear. That word slip means you won't be moved, you won't be uh, staggered, you won't be shaken by the unexpected things in life. Back in the old days, it would have been easier for those travelers maybe to um, twist an ankle, you know, um, to, to fall on the uneven rocks of the path and to go through all those mountains. And the Lord is very concerned about the stability of his people. He's very concerned with our ability to be a consistent, secure people in our faith. Because his will is that we go onward and upward and forward in our march of faith. That we don't fall out halfway through. That we're not a people that are like walking in circles, just passing time. But we're a people of purpose. And we're a people of destiny. We're a people that are being moved by the divine will to accomplish the divine task. And hell might try to thwart us. Hell might try to deceive us or bring us to a place of being discouraged. But oh, there be something in us that keeps driving us. Something in us that keeps strengthening us. Something in us that keeps reaching forward. There's a hunger and a thirst. Paul said, the love of Christ constrains me. There's something within the man or woman that's truly met God, that refuses to quit, but believes God and loves God and gives their all to the glory of God to their last and dying Remember, um, brother, brother Rice, see Glenda. I remember visiting him his last day or two, some years back. And that man of God, he, he 
fought through World War II. Never saw so many wars, didn't even know about it until the funeral, all that he fought through that. But the biggest fight is the fight of faith he fought. In his last days, I remember sitting by him at the home there, at the nursing home, and he was kind of in and out of it. But if he got close, you could hear his voice. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Lord. I say, man's half in this world, half in the other. You know, I'm from the abundance of the heart. That mouth is deep. You can say amen. He's close as you can get to being on the other side without being there. And what's pouring out of his heart? I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, be God forevermore, my Lord. We're on a pilgrim journey. This world is not our home. We're marching, my friends. Where we're going, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Don't sell out to the world. Young person, don't sell out to the world. Sin is not worth it. Do your own.
God wants you to have a firm decision to walk with God and to serve the Lord. And there'll be challenges and there'll be temptations. Jesus was tempted to turn off that path, to make another choice. But you choose the Lord. You don't ever forget God's way is the best way. It's not trouble free, but at least the glory. God's way is the best way because God is the best. Can you say amen? I'm going to close it with these three simple thoughts and then we're just going to get to the altar and pray. Notepapers, you can write this down quickly. Three invaluable points that we can glean from this, this um, comfort food, spiritual comfort food of the psalm. Number one, the Lord perceives you. He watches over your life. That's verses three and four. The Lord watches over you. He perceives you. You and I can't see God, but rest assured, God sees us. Amen. His eyes on the sparrow, you know he watches over us. And God watches over you continually. So rest in that truth. Find great comfort and strength in that truth. He never sleeps or slumbers. The Lord watches over your life. You can rest. Let the weight go. Let the heaviness dissipate. The Lord perceives or watches over your life. Number two, the Lord protects you. Verses 5 and 6, the Lord protects you. He says, night and day, seen or unseen, God is watching over his people 24-7. In the heat of the day and the unknown of the night, the Lord protects his people. We love Psalm 3 where David says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield literally all around me that encompasses me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Not only does God watch over you, he watches over you with an affection and with a caring love and even with a diligence. He never sleeps in slumbers to care for you and to protect you and to keep you. Go to sleep tonight. Let the burden roll off your shoulders tonight. God perceives you. God uh, protects you. And the Lord preserves you. Seven and eight, the Lord preserves he says, now and forevermore, you're going out, you're coming in. Your daily walk, God says, I'm there. Every day, each day, both now and forevermore. That little book of Jude has got one chapter. But this verse 24 says something precious. It says, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glorious throne. Isn't that a great promise? Yes. Psalm 121, we lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He won't let your footsteps. He watches over you night and day, day and night. Going out and coming in. He watches over you. He cares for you. He protects you. And he's promised to preserve you and bring you forever and forever. Amen. Amen. We want to close by giving thanks to God for his continual care. He watches over us. He walks with us. I pray that someone will just really embrace the words and allow it to minister. Take some of that weight off. Take some of that pressure off. I pray that this psalm will bring some rest to hearts and alleviate some pressure and burdens from minds. If you've never read this psalm and really put your name in it. I want to ask you to do that this week. Make it personal. Make it your very own. I want to encourage you. I, I, I tell young Christians all the time, put your name in the book. 
For God so loved the world. Hey, for God so loved Joe that he gave his one and only son. Amen? Put your name in there. Make it personal. And I'll encourage you. If you've never read Psalm 121, then put your name in it. He won't let your foot slip. He watches over you. Oh, man. I'll encourage you to do so. Bless yourself this week. And let the word of God just speak to your heart and strengthen you. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. I'll encourage you. During this week, just eight verses. Take that little song and put your name in there. And let the Holy Spirit really benefit your heart. Give you peace. Give you rest. Give you strength. So we sing our final song. Let's just praise the Lord for watching over our lives. You know, many of us can testify that even before we got right with God, He was watching over our lives. Even before we wanted to serve God, we looked back and said, wow, Lord, you were there. And now, only heaven will tell the times he bailed us out. We didn't even know we were under attack. Amen? How good God is to his people. And this God doesn't change. We can enjoy it long in it. So I want to, as we sing our final song, let's just thank God. Watching over our lives. Pastor, can I give a quick testimony? Make it quick, yeah. Most of you, if not all of you, know that I received recently a, what will be a, 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 a thundering description of my future existence. I have been told by Moffitt, a medical professional, that I have an incurable cancer. And that because it is incurable, my days of existence is pretty well determined by Moffitt. I'm taking chemo as much as you know. I take a little bag of it for two or three days, and then I call for it for two or three, ten days. But they tell me if I do not take the, the treatment with the chemo, that I only have about six to eight months to live. If I take the chemo, I have about twice that length of time to live. So based on this, I'm living on a pretty short fuse. But I got good news for you. Martha don't have the last word. That's right. yeah. The Bible says my life is in his hands. I believe in medical science, but I believe more in God's wisdom I'm not going to die not one moment before it has been already determined.